I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. In just a moment, we'll be joined by Governor Gary Herbert. He's a very busy man, right? He's wrapping up some busy guy stuff. Uh, So we'll get to him in just a a moment. Looking forward to the conversation uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, You know, it was just one week ago. It it feels like an eternity. Uh, But just a a week ago, the wind started to blow here in the state of Utah. It was a devastating windstorm which swept through our state. And we are still cleaning up the mess. In fact, uh, last time I checked, there were still over 5,000 uh, Rocky Mountain Power customers who were still uh, without power. You know, I wish them the best. And you know what? If you're listening right now, if you are one of the unlucky few who have been without power for a week, I'd like to talk to you. Uh, let's get your story on the air. Maybe you could give us some advice uh, here to the rest of us on how to in- endure uh, a week without power. I'd like to hear about the card games you played with your family. Uh, how'd you get creative staying warm or staying cool? Uh, whatever the case may be. If you If you are one... Uh, who has been without power for now o- o- over a week, send me a text, will you? 57500 to the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd like to to invite you on the air, and we'll have a conversation about that uh, later on. Uh, joining me right now is Governor Gary Herbert. Governor, sir, how are you? I'm fine, Lee. How about yourself? Uh, I'm all right. I'm honored to be joined by you, and I want to jump right into it. Uh, we are now uh, just one week removed from the devastating windstorm that swept through the state. You, sir, uh, declared a state of emergency. Uh, the declaration stated that it would uh, remain a state of emergency. It would remain in effect until you found the threat or the danger to have passed. Are, are we at that point yet? You know, I think mainly we're in a good place. I don't know if it's passed. But we certainly made significant improvement towards uh, the goals of having a healthy economy and also protecting the people's health. As I've always said, this is not one versus the other. They uh, are not mutually exclusive ideas. In fact, they need to be thought together in concert uh, and 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 with an appropriate balanced approach. Right. And the proof of that is that we have the lowest mortality rate in the nation today. Uh, less than 1%, it's about 0.78 one hundredths of 1% is actually where we're at. And we have the lowest unemployment rate in the nation at 4.5%. We'll have new numbers coming out Friday. I'm anxious to hear what they are. I think that they will stay at least as good, if not better. Uh, so on balance, economically and healthcare-wise, we're doing a good job. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're not ready to spike the football. We still have challenges out there, and we know we've increased the challenges because school's coming back into session. We're going to start spending more time indoors rather than outdoors, which is a less safe environment for the spread of the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, a more short-term threat to, to Utah has been, uh, as we know, the fallout from the windstorm of last week, in which you also declared a, a state of emergency, which would remain in effect until uh, that danger had passed. How are we today in terms of that windstorm and the state of emergency declared as a result of it? If ever there was an example of the uniqueness of Utah, certainly compared to many other places in the country, it's the ability for communities to come together without waiting for government to do the work. Government has a role to play, by the way. I don't want to diminish the role. But we could not do what the private sector does immediately. 
Uh, and if you've seen, uh, you go to the communities up and down the Wasatch Front and really throughout the state, because it went as far south as St. George and as far east as Vernal and as far north as Logan, uh, those communities mobilized and, and volunteers showed up with their trucks, their chainsaws, started clearing the streets and did a great job of helping those who particularly needed uh, help because they couldn't help themselves way before the government. Uh, we've activated the National Guard. We've activated our UDOT. Uh, we've got many, many Big Mac trucks out there, and we've done a lot of work over the past weekend to help get back to normalcy. There's still a lot of work yet to do, but we'll have done in a couple of weeks, maybe two to three weeks, if you had to rely on government only, it might take you know three or four or five months. So uh, we're in good shape. Uh, we still have debris on the roads, and some of the cities are not quite as uh, good at cleaning up as others for a variety of reasons. But, um, again, it just shows the character of the people of Utah because they didn't wait. In fact, we had to have them wait till tomorrow when the winds die down. Yeah, right. The the the, the desire to jump in and lend a hand was so uh, was so eager and raring to go that you yourself and others had to remind folks. You know, there there are still live power lines under some of those trees. So watch right. out. Let's let Rocky Mountain Power do a little bit of work before we jump in ourselves uh, and put on display our charitable nature. I, I want to return uh, quickly to the the coronavirus. Our seven-day rolling average, as you well know, is is far above the 400 positive cases that you set as the goal for September 1st. Now, we met that goal, uh, but since then, unfortunately, there has been an update. How are you responding to what seems to be a, a negative trend right now? Well, we noticed that most of that trend seems to be in the 15 to 24-year-olds, interestingly enough. It's mostly high school uh, seniors and college students where the, the surge seems to be occurring. And so uh, we set the goal of 400 because we wanted to be at that level before they, we went back into school starting basically September the 1st. So that's kind of where that number came from and the date. Uh, we did anticipate that there could be some surges as people got back together in close quarters in school. We put uh, standards in place for our health department for all the schools and universities, and then the, the different school districts and the universities put together their own plan. So they're all unique. They're not necessarily the same. But we recognize there could be a surge because of that taking place, and that will happen probably until we get a vaccine. Uh, We've been a little disappointed in some of the attitudes of some of the folks out there that have said, I'm not going to wear a mask or I'm not going to practice social distancing. We've seen some of the young people out there, some of their mosh pit-type dances, and they've got together and, and an attitude of we don't need to do this. They're young invincibles. They forget it's not just about them. Uh, I wear my mask, Lee, to protect you, and you wear your mask to protect me. Uh, We do some protection of ourselves, but the biggest impact is to make sure that those who don't feel sick, asymptomatic, don't show symptoms, but still have a viral load are protected from the rest of us by spreading that that virus. So uh, until we have a vaccine, that's probably ought to be good practice. It's just common sense for most of us. Uh, so we're going to be working with the universities and the schools to see where these surges are taking place. As you probably know from the news, it's mostly coming out of Utah County, which has uh, you know half the population of Salt Lake County, but is having now twice as many infections. And in fact, nearly uh, the last number I had is about 48% of all the infections we've had this past week uh, out of uh, Utah County, which only has a little less than 20% of the population. So we've got some issues down there that we've got to take a look at. And I think BYU and UVU, for example, the two major universities working there, are actually trying to find ways to help the, 
young people, you know, do the right thing. And uh, it's not just about them. It's about their neighbors and friends and loved ones. And in and our public schools, it's not just about the students. We care about them, of course, but it's also about the teachers. Teachers sometimes feel like that nobody cares about them, and they are the ones that are the most vulnerable in the classroom. And uh, so... Uh, we're going to figure it out. I'm, I'm very optimistic, you know, uh, that we're going to get this thing turned around. We're going to survive and only and thrive as we go forward, and, that, and we see evidence of that happening in spite of the surges. Yeah, hopefully those uh, kids will come to them, come to their senses. They'll stop going to these parties, cramming in close quarters uh, without their masks. Uh, one final thought I want to share with you: I, I've been very praising of you and your decision to stop short of issuing mask mandates outside of state facilities uh, statewide. Uh, you have, though, when questioned by r- reporters, you have uh, you know, maintained that as an option. You've referred to it as a tool in the toolbox. Are, are, are there measures, are there any numbers, could there be such a surge uh, that you reconsider your use of that tool which you have in the toolbox? There is. It may be uh, something I would not want to do either. I, I, I like the local government making those decisions elected by the people, close to the people that kind of represent them. Uh, we could we could find a situation, though, I guess it's so extreme that we'd say, okay, we can't wait anymore. Uh, we've got to take some more urgent action. Uh, so that could happen. Uh, the um, I, It's a little frustrating. We have a lot of people that say, hey, don't mandate it. You know, if we want to wear one, we'll wear one. Well, just wear one then. Mm-hmm. Because most everybody knows it's common sense, and and virtually 95% of all the scientific journals and studies and medical advice is that it helps. Uh, BYU had that study they did, 120 studies. They indicated that they were surprised. They thought it would be more balanced. He says, no, it was like 95-plus percent saying wear a mask helps. It's a benefit. So we ought not to say government's making me do it. I, I agree with that. Just do it. Because you choose to do it. You choose to do the right thing. That's better than being compelled by government anyway. And we'll all uh, get through this and, and be in good shape. Um, and, and that's what I hope we all do. Just don't, don't say, well, I'm doing it because the government made me. Do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Common sense. Yeah, personal responsibility. I, I think uh, I think that we, we have the, the, the capacity to, to exercise that wisely. Hopefully we, we do so in greater numbers. Uh, Governor, our time has expired. I look forward to speaking to you again, and I look forward in particular to speaking to you uh, when we don't have to be bogged down by, by windstorms and pandemics. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be nice to shoot I, the breeze. I last thing. My op- uh, apocalyptic bingo card is virtually filled now. I've got fire, flood, <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. You know, free fall of the economy, riding in, uh, in the streets, uh, earthquake, uh, windstorms, hurricane velocity. I'm just waiting. I've got one spot left on my bingo card for locusts. locusts. Once I get locusts <laughs> filled in, I'm going to yell apocalyptic bingo. Well, there are some crickets that have made their way through our state in the past. Let's hope they don't make a recurrence. Uh, Governor, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you. I uh, look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you, Lee. All righty. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, uh, from time to time, you and I have examined pretty thoroughly the the, the side effects of the coronavirus, uh, both medically and otherwise. Uh, Well, guess what? It turns out that dentists are seeing an interesting trend uh, amongst patients these days, and they attribute it to the coronavirus. We'll get into those details with a dentist next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. 
Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.